why. Actually, I, I titled it, Why We Keep the Sabbath. Or Why Keep the Sabbath. But it, really the emphasis is on why. Why. You know, even as adults, we often ask why or how concerning things that we may not fully understand or things that are out of our control. But children, though, they seem to have an endless obsession with why or how, especially around the age of three. It seems like at the, around the age of three, they have an endless quest with why, an obsession with why. But you know, they're trying to make sense of the world all around them. You think about it. Think about the, even infants, you know, before they can talk, they're not asking you why, but look at and think back to when they're, they're, they're little infants. You know, their eyes, you know, boy, they're always they're darting around, they're looking at this, they're, they're taking in all of their surroundings. And it doesn't take them very long at all that they recognize the voice of mom and dad, they'll recognize the smell of mom and dad, the touch. Their senses are just like going crazy, even as an infant before they can talk, right? So then all of a sudden they can talk. Well, then they want to know the why of all these things that they've been learning. You know, they, they come out of that dark place and all this stuff's new to them. So they're trying to learn and to grow. To, and it, you know, it accelerates their learning when they ask the why. So our adult responses are very crucial to the learning and understanding of the young people, right? Think about that. And I know that we don't have any new parents in here with three-year-olds, but those that may be listening, take time to answer your children. Don't just say, well, because. Because. That doesn't work. We have found that that doesn't work in our Sabbath school class or Bible study either. Just because. No. Defend your soup. Explain why you believe that or why you think this way. So don't give our kids those little generic answers either. Explain why to them. Try to give them understanding. Researchers carried out two studies of two to five-year-olds focusing on the how and why questions that they always ask. And they want an explanatory answer. So they look carefully. In the first study, the researchers examined longitudinal transcripts of children's everyday conversation with parents, siblings, and visitors at home from ages 2 to 4. In the second study, they looked at a laboratory-based conversations of preschoolers using toys, storybooks, videos to prompt the children's ages 3 to 5 to ask questions. And by looking at how the children reacted to the answers they received to the questions, the researchers found that children seem to be more satisfied when they receive an explanatory answer than when they do not. In both studies, when preschoolers got an explanation, they seemed satisfied. They agreed by asking a new follow-up question. I know when we answer the first why, we're probably just going to get another one, right? But when they got answers that weren't explanations, they seemed very dissatisfied. Just because doesn't work. Let's answer our children. You know, just a handful of questions kids might ask. We could probably go on all day and talk about the questions that kids, kids will ask, right? You know, why aren't there dinosaurs anymore? Why is that person homeless? Why do people get sick? Why do grown-ups cry when they're happy? 
Why can't I stay up as late as you, mom and dad? Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? I could go on and on, right? Why does this happen? Why does that happen? Where? This is not a why, but where? Where do babies come from? Well, a three-year-old asked her mom, Mommy, why is your tummy so big? Mommy replied, because I'm expecting a baby. The daughter asked, well, Mommy, where is the baby? Mommy said, inside my tummy. Well, the three-year-old got a shocked look on her face. and said, oh my gosh, you ate the baby. <laughs> See, I thought laughter would be good for the soul today. I mean, come on, a three-year-old, how does stuff get in your tummy? Right? You eat it. Mommy ate the baby. Maybe it's time we better go to prayer. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You and praise You for Your love. We thank You for laughter. And God, I thank You that we can laugh. And Father, I just thank You that we can enjoy life. And Father, I know that as we go through life, we, even as adults, have many questions. And Father, we know that we can find many of those answers in Your Word. And Father, we can find many of those answers from those that are more mature and those that have grown. And, and Father, children can find answers from their, their, their family, their parents or other parts, other members of their family. But Father, I just pray that You would just guide and direct us. Help us to understand You. Father, help us to understand why. Help us to understand Your love. And Father God, most importantly, help us to share that love with others. God, that we might be faithful, that we might hear Your voice, and that Your Spirit might move upon us, Lord, freely today. And Father, just bless us with Your glorious presence, and may Your Word be proclaimed in Jesus' name. Amen. So as, as adults, we too may often ask, why? As I said, our teachers often challenge us with the why. Why do you believe? And you know, we've had some newcomers coming to church. Of course, one's not here today. And I thought, you know, they might be wondering, why do we keep the Sabbath? And I thought, it doesn't do us any harm to reflect on why we do what we do. Why do we keep the Sabbath? So I thought, well, we're going to delve into that again today. Of course, another question that we was posed with here recently was, why, why would someone want to come to this particular church? Good question. And I may not have all the correct answers, but I hope, and I'm not going to say these are in the, the order that they should be. It's just, a, here's some answers. I hope one of the reasons that people would come to this church is because they will experience the love of God expressed through the people of this church. I surely hope that's one of the reasons that they experience the love of God. Another is that they come to worship with brothers and sisters in Christ. That they come to hear biblically-based preaching. If you want to hear about what's going on in the news in the newspaper, just buy a newspaper. Don't expect to come here and hear about it. Biblically-based preaching. Because I believe the Bible to be true and faithful, and that is our authority. God is our authority in His Word. And they may also come because they have the desire or the conviction to keep the Sabbath. As I feel that we all do. This why might lead to a whole series of sermons. I'm not sure. We'll see. <laughs> but this week, we're going to Again, delve into the Sabbath. Why do we worship on Saturday, the seventh day, which we feel is the Sabbath, rather than the first day of the week? 
Now, I want to give a little disclaimer here. As I explain why we, this body, keeps the Sabbath, it is in no way meant to cast judgment on those who do not keep the Sabbath. So anybody watching, I'm not casting judgment. I'm going to simply share why we believe, why we feel the conviction to keep the Sabbath. We have the free will, right? Do we not all have the free will to choose? So we have the free will. And you know, even concerning the day, and here's why I say I'm not going to cast judgment on those that keep Sunday. Romans 14, 5 through 6 says, One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. And you're going to say, well, boy, that doesn't, you're trying to convince people why you keep the Sabbath. No, I'm just telling you why we keep it. Because some people feel every day is alike. God allows them to make that decision. Let each one be fully convinced in his or her own mind. And I have a daughter that said, we should worship God every day. Absolutely. We should worship God every single day. He who observes that day, we observe it to the Lord. I'm not observing it for somebody else. We observe it to the Lord our God. Amen? Our standard explanation as to why we keep the Sabbath from the time we began meeting was that we keep it out of loving obedience to the Lord our God. Not as a means of salvation. My friends, if you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you can go to church every single Saturday and still not be saved. You must have that personal relationship, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, accept His sacrifice for your sins personally. We know that salvation is by grace through faith. Galatians 2, 15 and 16 declares, We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. So we are not justified by keeping the Sabbath. We're not justified by keeping the commandments. We're not justified by keeping that law. We're justified by faith in Christ Jesus. But we follow Him out of love and obedience, right? Why should we keep the Sabbath? 1 John 5, 1 through 5. As you're going to see, there's a lot of Scripture today. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So should pause there. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, you are born of God. And everyone who loves Him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's how we overcome 
We overcome sin. We overcome the world by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But if we love God, we will keep His commandments. It will be the natural thing to follow His laws, His statutes, His commandments because we love Him and we want to do. You know, a child, if they truly love their parents, kids, you ain't going to like it. If you truly love your parents, you're going to obey them. You're going to follow the things, the rules that they lay down. And what parent would not love to have a child that, Mom, I cleaned my room today. Why? Why? I'm shocked. Why'd you do that? Because I love you. I did the dishes today. Why'd you do that? Well, because I love you. Isabel's going, eh, I ain't doing that. <laughs> but what parent wouldn't love the child that does all the rules and things of that household because they love their parents? My friends, I believe it pleases God. God delights in His children that follow His ways. What more reason do we need, right? His commandments really are not burdensome. On the contrary, they are a blessing. They are a relief from the burdens of a life that can times be overwhelming. Come on, you know, with all the modern conveniences we have today, we think it's supposed to make life easy. Supposed to make life easier, right? Not supposed. It's my word. Supposed to make life easier? Well, I think it seems like life is more hectic today than ever before. I mean, with cell phones and computers and cars that will drive themselves and, and electric and just all these things compared to the old days, supposed to make life easier and it's more stressful, more complicated, more hectic. We have the Sabbath to look forward to every week. With all the hecticness of life, we know that at the end of the week, we have a day that God set apart, a day to rest, a rest from our work, to rest from our stress. So it's not a burden. It is a delight. It is a relief from the stress that the world can bring. A key element to our belief, to our conviction, or our commitment, whichever word you'd like to choose for this, is that God is the one who established which day to be kept as a Sabbath day. God established it. In Exodus 20, 8 through 11, I should just probably do read all the Ten Commandments, but we have, I probably should. I heard a probably. Let's just do that. I can... Add to, change up here. Let's just back up here to Okay. Let's just start with all the commandments. So it's going to be 1 through 17. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other God before me. We should follow that, right? Amen. You should have no other God before me. Why should we follow that? Because we love Him. You shall not make yourself, make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I am 
the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Hear that? To those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And then there is one that says, Remember, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. In six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, and you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Why, my friends, should we keep these? Because we love God. Because we love God and want to honor God. The Hebrew word for hallowed is kwadash. It means to set apart, to consecrate, to dedicate as holy. It's separateness. So concerning the Sabbath, it is a day that is set apart. God set that day apart from the other days. He blessed it, made it holy. He sanctified it. You know, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God provided, I spoke of this, I know just recently when I was talking of the ark, but God provided manna for them, right? Every morning they would go out and find this manna on the ground, right? No. Six days a week, they would go out and find this manna on the ground. And God gave them a specific amount that they were to gather so much for each member in their household. And if they would go out and say on a, let's say they're going out on the third day of the week and say, well, I think I'm going to take tomorrow off. I'm going to gather twice as much today so I'll have more for tomorrow. It would be rotten by morning. It would have maggots in it. It would rot overnight if they gathered more than God designed for them to go out and gather. But God said on the sixth day, you go out and you gather twice as much so you will not have to go out on the Sabbath day to gather it, and it will keep. So it would keep for the two days when they would gather on the sixth day. It would keep through the Sabbath, then they would go out on the first day of the week and find more. My friends, this was more than just about obedience. Think about that. It's more than obedience. It was God saying, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me that it won't rot? Are you going to trust me that I will provide enough? Are you going to trust me that it will be there again the first day of the week? Are you going to trust that I will provide for your needs? So my friends, do we trust God enough? Do we trust God enough that I don't have to work seven days a week, that God will provide enough for me in six days a week? 
Have you thought about that? Do you trust God to take that rest? Do you trust Him to provide? So it's more than just obedience. It is trust. But actually, the Sabbath was established long before the giving of the Ten Commandments. In Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, but actually the sixth day, God had ended His work, which He had done. And He rested on the seventh day from all His work, which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it He rested from all His work, which He had created and made. So God actually blessed and sanctified the seventh day at creation. So it reveals God's character. It reveals. And we know, you know, you've heard the Sabbath, or man is not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is made for man. Because God knew that we would need it. He knew that we would need rest. Do you think God was exhausted and tired from the work of creation and He had to rest? Come on, He's God. He's all-powerful, almighty God. He rested because He saw that it was good. He finished that work of creation. So He ceased from His work. He rested. Not because He was weary. Again, because of the completion of the task. He was refreshed. He was satisfied by the finished good work of creation. He blessed the seventh day. You know, how do you bless a portion of time? How do you do that? You dedicate it for noble use. You dedicate it for worship. You, dedicate, you sanctify it. You hallow it. You make it holy. Hallowed, by definition, means to consecrate as holy. My friends, on the Sabbath, you know, we come together, we sing songs, we praise Him... I hope we, 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 we reflect, oh, come on tongue, I hope we, we reflect on the goodness of God. I hope we reflect on the goodness of His creation. As God rested and reflected on the goodness of His creation, I hope we do the same. We know that God is good. Do you make it a regular practice of reflecting on the goodness of God, the goodness of His creation? Also, by observing the seventh day, we identify with the God of creation. Exodus 31, 12 through 17. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. It's holy to who? Holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day he shall surely be put to death. Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. 
It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day He rested and was refreshed. Amen. My friends, what's perpetual mean? All right. So that means it didn't, didn't quit, right? A perpetual covenant, a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. Some will say, well, wait a minute now. The Sabbath is only for the Jews. No. Galatians 3, 26-29 says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. My friends, through, in Christ Jesus. We are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. So is the Sabbath, is the commandments only meant for the Jews? No. They're meant for God's people. What were the Jews supposed to do? They were supposed to share God with all the other nations that they too would believe on the children of Abraham. As the children of Abraham. They would become one of Abraham's seeds that they believe on the God of creation. We are Abraham's seed. We worship and follow the ordinances of the God of Abraham, right? Which day did God, the God of Abraham, set apart to be the Sabbath? The seventh. The seventh. God did not set apart a different day for the Gentiles. He set apart one day. The seventh day. Not a different day. But He made us all heirs according to the promise. If we believe in Jesus Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. Deuteronomy 7, 9-11 Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keeps His commandments. And He repays those who hate Him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with them who hates Him. He will repay Him to His face. Therefore you shall keep the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which I command you today to observe them. I found a little story called Faith and Obedience. A visitor was passing through a certain department of a large shop one day and he noticed there was a set of rules and regulations written on a blackboard. He also noticed that in several particulars every single man in the shop was disregarding the rules that had been written on the blackboard. So he questioned the foreman concerning this matter. At first, the foreman didn't want to answer the man. But finally he said, well, he says those rules are written by one of the firm, and he has neither wisdom nor judgment. If we should follow the directions of this man of the firm, it would be the ruination of a good part of the work that we do. The men took to their own way because they lack faith in the commander. However else we may characterize it, a failure to obey is a lack of faith. Let that sink in. They didn't follow it because they lacked, they didn't have faith in their commander. If we don't follow God's ordinances, we don't have faith in our commander. 
Failure to obey is a lack of faith. Romans 2, 12-16 says, For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. My friends, the doers of the law will be justified. Show your faith by your works, right? For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these also not having the law are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. I believe that we can know from the scriptures when we study the scriptures that the early church did keep the seventh day Sabbath. Even the Christian church. Not just the Jews. In Acts 13, 42 through 44. And so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of, the God, the word of God. You know, if you try to do some research and try to discover when they changed it from the seventh day to the first day, you'll find different explanations or different answers. You know, if you look back and you look, well, did Constantine have something to do with this? And what, how many years after Christ did they begin to keep the first day? You'll find different, you know, they'll say, well, actually they started keeping the first day before that. My friends, I'm not here to explain when, who, changed it. I'm here to explain which day God set apart. I know when He established it at creation. I don't need to explain when it changed, who changed it, but I need to explain which day God says that we are to keep holy. Which day God says to rest. Yes, it doesn't hurt to do that research, but we establish which day or actually, I say which day God established. Not man. I'm concerned with which day God established and not the day that man established. That's where we should be. Matthew 5, 17 through 20, Jesus speaking says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, Till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever teaches, or whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, one of the most amazing things about God's love for mankind is the fact that He gives us free will. He gives us free will. Free will whether or not we even believe in Him, right? 
or if we want to follow His statutes and commandments. He also gives us the free will for that. He does not want us to follow Him because we feel that God's going to send down a lightning bolt if we don't come to church this Sabbath. But He wants us to follow Him because we love Him. He wants our hearts to be true. He wants us to love Him with all of our hearts. He wants His laws, His statutes written on our hearts. Not on the papers or on the stone, but in our hearts is where they need to be. Again, John 14, 15 says, If you love me, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. That is about as clear and as easy to understand as it gets. If you love me, keep my commandments. I want to close with what I feel is a promise found in Revelations. Revelation 14, 12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. My friends, they go together. You can't separate them. If we disobey, that means we don't have faith in God. We don't, have, we don't trust God. That's why I feel that we keep the Sabbath. Here are those that keep the commandments and have faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. James says, you say you have faith? I'm going to show you my faith by what I do. We can say, Father, I'm going to show you my faith and my trust in you by keeping your Sabbath. The day that you set apart, that you sanctified, and the day that you it is the Sabbath of the Lord. That's the most important thing we can remember. It's not the Sabbath of man. It is the Sabbath of the Lord our God. The day that He established. Amen.